On this episode of Locked On Lightning, we're looking at the Atlantic Division, most notably the Boston Bruins. Where do the Lightning stack up against the Bruins after this offseason? We'll talk all about that and more, but first, let's play that music. Your Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker. I'd like to thank all of you for making us your first listen of the day. If you're watching us on YouTube, I'd like to thank you for making us your first watch of the day. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the pod wherever podcasts are distributed. That's anywhere where they're distributed in audio form and on YouTube as well. On this episode of Lockdown Lightning, we're discussing... That we're, we're beginning our segment, well, our, our long segment. It's going to carry over the next week or so, maybe the next two, heading into preseason. As we look at the Atlantic Division, where do the Lightning stack up after this very quiet offseason for them? And, and I think, for the most part, a very quiet offseason for the NHL. Uh, and, and so we'll be looking at each ep- at each team individually in the division, see what they lost, see what they have gained. And we are looking at this episode uh, at the Boston Bruins, a team that, uh, quite frankly, is, is probably, I think, one of the most dis- not least likable teams in the, in the NHL, at least to me, uh, being uh, obviously someone that follows the Tampa Bay Lightning as well well as someone who was born in New York. So there's that New York Boston hate there as well. So looking at the Boston Bruins, uh, well, first notably looking at the Lightning, uh, their record last year against the Boston Bruins before matchups as obviously the division opponents both play each other uh, four, four times a year. Lightning, they, they, they struggled against Boston. We're, we're one and two and one, uh, picking up three points over the course of the season uh and, and being outscored uh 12 to 8 uh and, and this was a very interesting you know when i didn't realize i know the lightning struggle here and there against their divisional opponents but when you look at at you know usually a team like boston who really we it's been very well documented with the bruins that that the the bruins are one of those teams they're they're kind of past their 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 glory days. They've lost to Dano Chara. Uh, they, it looks like uh, Patrice Bergeron is at the end of his career. Uh, he did come back for uh, the offseason. They also got uh, David Krejci back, who took a year off. So they do have some of the guys there uh, that were part of those championship teams or those teams that were close to winning chips but you know they did lose some things over the last couple of years they lost they lost uh, uh most notably Tuka Rask so that is something obviously I I think criticized them the most for last season because uh especially in the playoffs because if you look, looked at this this Bruins team they were a team to me at least that wasn't really super imposing uh and I think that's the thing that really played in their favor over the last couple of years is that when you go into a game against the Bruins, whether it be at home in Tampa or, or up 
in Boston, you know, you you had yes that rough and tumble style uh, uh, that the Boston Bruins are so notably good at playing, but at the same time, it was their goaltending that, that really you know Tuka Rask and that uh, if you didn't get off to a, a good start, you were really going to struggle uh, to over the course of the especially playoff series if you were playing them, and that was a thing that you know whenever I look at the Lightning. Uh, run in the playoffs in 2020 uh, going up against Boston. I think that was one of the defining series that really catapulted them. And, and so really, you know, as much as I hate playing against Boston, but love to love to play against Boston, I think playing against them right before COVID hit, uh, as well as, you know, playing them in the, in the playoffs that year was really something that, that really catapulted the lightning. But So if you look at this Boston team, you got Marshan Bergeron, uh, Pasternak on the first line. Uh, really, that that's a that's a great line. I think that's one of the better lines in the league. Uh, and then it starts to, uh, with any team. You start to see sort of thinning out as you go along uh, here and there. Not really so much here. Uh, um, as I'm looking, actually, I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised by, you know, how tough this team looks. Uh, like I stated before, they got David Krejci back. Um, they do have Taylor Hall and Jake DeBrusque. There was some talk last year that DeBrusque was going to leave Boston. He wasn't happy there uh, for the time being. He is staying in Beantown. And then you look at Pavel Zaka, uh, Charlie Coyle, and Craig Smith, and uh, and then it kind of fizzles out on the fourth line in the defensive core. Lindholm, McAvoy, Grizzly, and Carlo, and Clifton on that, on that third-line pairing. And then this is where... I feel the lightning, along with any like, very few teams out there, the lightning went out, and that's obviously the goaltending situation. Uh, Jeremy Swain and Linus Allmark. Uh, I a lot of people like uh, Jeremy Swain. I'm I, for me at least, Jeremy Swain is kind of uh, for me the jury is still out on on whether or not uh, he's he able to be a long term successful option in there uh, in Boston. Uh, there's a lot of people that really think he has a lot of upside. So, you know, only time will tell. I, I kind of feel like those same people, and I'm not knocking this other player as well, but those people that say that about Swayman are also the same people that feel that Spencer Knight was going to be a good opportunity, uh, a good goaltender uh, situation in Florida, and look how that really turned out. But how the Lightning are going to be able to really adjust to this this Boston team Um it really, like like I've said before, and this comes down to, to any team, whether it be in the Atlantic Division or any team in the National Hockey League, is it's not so much what the other what the opposing team has it's, and what, how they adjust to that play. It, it's, it's what Tampa will be able to do on and that obviously will be the defining factor. And we have seen too many times over the past couple of years, uh, most notably in this past playoffs uh, against the Avalanche. Now, we'll take that with a grain of salt because there was some things that were going that were in play uh, during that Stanley Cup final. And I'm, I'm, I'm not making any excuses here. Uh, Colorado is simply the better team. But there was a lot of opportunities where the Lightning – and it goes back to the same old thing we've been talking about a ton of times here on this podcast over the last three years is that Tampa getting the ball rolling 
early on, being able to to set the tone early on, and we'll see that very often from Tampa. We we they're a very slow starting team, and when you look at a team like Boston, who is just as experienced uh, in some areas, you know, if you look at that line, you if, if you look at that roster, compare that to Tampa. Uh, yeah, there there are some areas where Tampa has the edge, like I previously stated, the goaltending. But at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is that doesn't mean anything. You know, yeah, it's nice to look at on paper, but when you get on the ice, that's not going to count for anything if you don't go out there and assert yourself. And that has been the really the 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 thorn in the lion's paw for Tampa Bay over the last couple of years. And and yes, they they have won two cups in the span of three years, and that is phenomenal, and that's great. And they've gone to three in that span as well. But really, you know, they if you really want to bluntly sum this up, you know, the the rest of the league is catching up to Tampa, and they see what Colorado did uh, in the Stanley Cup final. And there is no better team that is probably going to take note of that and is going to be able to 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 really dissect that and break it down better than this Boston Bruins veteranship, veteran leadership. So we're going to have to see really over the course of the season, because like I said, you only get four shots at these guys over the course of the season. Is Tampa going to be able to make the most in, in four tries, two at home, two in Boston? We're going to have to wait and see. We're going to talk about more of it. Uh, I want to get into some of the players uh, from Boston uh, that Tampa like Tampa Bay Lightning fans are going to have to watch out for. Some guys you may not realize. Some guys you may have already heard of. So we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But first, I want to talk about the new initiative that uh, the Lockdown Podcast Network and us here on Lockdown Lightning are rolling out. Now, it's the middle. Summer is coming to an end. And listen, Labor Day is right around the corner. We're all going to go out. We're all going to have a good time. But we got to do it safely here now. Are, are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive drunk? But what's the worst that could happen? You can end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Well, wrong. The truth is your reaction time slow down when you're high. The only, you not only put yourself in danger, but everybody around you talk about a total buzzkill. Stop getting yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different, you drive high you get a DUI. So please be safe over the holiday weekend. Ask a friend to take you home. Take Uber. With everything out there, there's no excuse to drive drunk, to drive high. So go ahead and please be safe. So showing, uh, looking at the, the Boston Bruins. Now, like I said uh, previously, that we are going to be looking at this team and not only Boston Bruins, but every team in the division, and seeing how Tampa stacks up. And the reason why I want to do this is because, like I said at the, the beginning of the episode, uh, it was not really an eventful offseason for Tampa. Yeah, there were some players that – there's some new faces that are now on this team, and there's some uh, faces that have left that unfortunately are no longer with us. And really what it comes down to is that – you know, with any sort of change in the offseason, you know, all it really takes, believe it or not, with a hockey team is one player to come in and that, you know, whether one player to leave or one player to come in 
and it it just isn't a good fit or whatever the case may be. So really, with with the adjustments that that Boston has made or the lack thereof that Tampa has made, um, it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams will stack up in the regular season. So uh, I've already talked about you know some of the players on the Boston team, uh, but let's go over it. Some of the players that really are sticking out to me that I think are going to be, you know, a thorn in the Tampa Bay Lightning side over the course of this season. So we've already spoken about, we, we've spoken at length about, about Brad Marchand here on Lockdown Lightning over the past couple of years. And, and I mean, what you see is what you get. Uh, he's, he's had a point in his career where he's still able to, to perform at a high level. He's still able to to go out there and disrupt the flow of the opposing team, and and I would expect more of the lot more of the same this season. Uh, he he does get hurt quite a bit here and there, but uh, you know it, I I think that Lightning fans, you know, as much as you hate him, as much as you love to hate him, you got to give him a bunch of respect. He is one of the top players in the league when he's not doing nonsense on the ice. So uh, another player, obviously Patrice Bergeron, probably arguably one of the best uh, defensive uh, centermen in the national hockey league uh, in history. And it was interesting, uh, kind of the little saga that was surrounding Boston and him this off season. Is he going to come back? Is he going to retire? Uh, he does. It turns out he does. He did come back signing a one year deal, two and a half million. So, you know, I guess glad to see him back, you know, from a general hockey fan perspective. Uh, but at the same time, you know, having him on the opposite ends of the ice coming down the middle, uh, it's going to be challenging for Tampa, uh, considering that, you know, they do have the tools uh, to, to, to stop a guy like that, to stop a guy like Brad Marchand and other line mate, uh, David Pasternak. Uh, but at the same time, uh, like I said, that's all on paper. And, and yes, the Lightning have proven before in the past that they are able to do that. They are able to weather the storm. Uh, win or lose, it seems like the Lightning are always extra hyped up for those game, games against Boston, especially in Boston. Uh, so, you know, the energy is going to be there. I, I'm not going to be upset. If the Lightning lose out in a tight game, I still think that they have the edge to where they should win those tight games based off of goaltending alone. Uh, there, I saw some comments after the Stanley Cup final, and maybe this was just recency bias, but there was a good number of people on Twitter uh, that were going out after Andre Vasilevsky saying, oh, this is it. We're going to start to see the decline of him. Um, what people don't understand is that he's not even 30 yet. And yes, he is. He has a bunch of mileage, mileage on him over the last couple of years. But you know, I think that that was taken into account this offseason when getting in shape, when when doing the necessary things to get ready for the 2022-23 season. So uh, I think this year we're going to see a very revitalized Andre Vasilevsky. We're going to see a we're going to see a goaltender who who is just as hungry as he normally is. Uh, and, and you're going to see it in these rivalry games because make no mistake, I, I firmly believe, even though, yes, everybody loves when they're talking about uh, rivalries in the NHL, when they're talking about especially the Atlantic Division, when they're looking at 
teams games to watch on a nightly basis. Uh, yes, it's it's the battle of the Sunshine State between the Panthers and the Lightning. But I think you know the the games against the Bruins are the games that you almost want to to make more of a priority on your list. You know, if you're going to have to choose between watching the Panthers or or the Bruins when the Lightning roll in town or when they come to Amelie, I think Boston is going to be that team because Boston plays every game as if it's game seven in the playoffs. And, and I think that is a good test to see where the Lightning are at any point in the season. Uh, like I said, that, that veteran leadership that they have, a lot of these guys that are on this team have been with them for the most part for a while now when they were successful, when they were making those deep runs in the playoffs. So I feel like whenever the Lightning run into Boston over the course of the season, I feel like that is going to be a good measuring stick uh, to see where the Lightning are. Uh, if the Lightning are struggling at that point in the season, uh, playing Boston is going to be a good measuring stick because then, or it's going to be sort of a good fire starter because listen, if the Lightning drop three in a row and then they have to go into Boston and win one to turn one around, that is the kind of game that's going to probably get out of hand. But at the same time, I feel like if the Lightning could come out and win that, that is the kind of game that could potentially turn things around uh, at that point in time. Uh, so those are the kind of games I feel Lightning fans should be excited for, should look forward to, regardless of what the Lightning are currently doing at that point in time. So looking down the lineup, uh, new addition um, to Boston, uh going to be interesting to see how he gels with this Bruins team and then is Pavel Zaka uh Pavel Zaka I got to be able I, I was able to see him quite a bit uh during his time uh with the Devils very talented player I think that he is going to be able to to come in add some scoring to that lineup but at the same same time uh be able to play that physical hawk. Obviously, the Bruins are so accustomed to playing. And I'm going to be interested. And right now, he is slated to be on, on the third line with Coyle and Smith. Uh, that's a grinder line, if I've ever seen one before. And that's going to be interesting to see how the Lightning up against those guys with Nemestikov, Paul, and Colton. Now, we know what we're going to get out of Paul. We know what we're going to get out of Ross Colton. But having Nemestikov there, and, and no disrespect to him, uh, talented player. I don't know. I don't know if Vladdy Nemestikov, uh, I mean, we'll only see in during the regular season uh, what kind of player he, he morphs into. Uh, we do know that he does have the potential to put up points, and that's fantastic. That is something that the Lightning desperately need after losing a player like Andre Palat, like, like, so, so having a guy like that uh, on your third line is going to be great. But how is Vladimir Nemestikov going to be able to adjust and, and handle the situations uh, during these high-intensity physical playoff atmosphere-like games? And that is going to be something, you know. Uh, we, we've spoken in great detail on this show over the last couple of years, and we have seen it. And the Lightning have dictated the conversation over the last couple of years. Uh, how important it is in the NHL. Like I said, the Lightning have have set the table for the entire NHL, have laid out the blueprint, what it takes to consi cons uh, consistently, excuse me, consistently win 
at a high level in this league, and that is having a solid third line. And, and I think, like I said, Boston, that their line is going to be very dangerous. They're going to be very physical. Uh, they're going to put up the points. Now, if the Lightning could match that energy, could match that production in head-to-head games, that is going to be something that we're going to have to wait and see. Right now, um, I'm going to say maybe, you know, like I said, Nick Paul, Ross Colton, you know what you're going to get out of them, especially in these kind of games. Uh, Vladdy Nemestikov hasn't really, you know, he he was with Dallas. He was with Colorado for a little bit. He was with the Rangers. Started, you know, he was, he was, he's been all over the place. So, you know, the, the, the experience is there. But playing in those type of games is different. You know, it, it's it's one thing to play in, in, in the Western Conference. You know, it, let's face it, the the talent level out in the, in the Western Conference isn't exactly premier. Uh, I'm sure some fans might disagree. Yeah, there's stars out there and there's great. But I think that, you know, the Western Conference, other than for a handful of teams, you have a lot of middle-of-the-pack teams. If you throw them into the Eastern Conference, uh, some of those teams, some of those players uh, may not be able to make the cup. Uh, they may not make the playoffs. Uh, if you just had – if you didn't separate the East and the West, if you just had all the teams and, and the top 16 making it to the playoffs, I would say maybe one maybe, – maybe two or three or four. I would say three to four of those teams would be Western conference teams. That's just how I feel about it. It might sound a little crazy, uh, but you know what? I'll change my tune later on in the season if that's the case. But yeah, we'll have to see how Nemestikov could be able to adjust in these games. Um, but, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying that maybe the third line, uh, that third line winger spot may change. Uh, Ideally for me, I would like to see Corey Perry on the third line. Um, more likely than not, that is probably what's going to happen. So we'll see how that changes over the course of the season. Uh, and then real quick, looking at the defensive lines, uh, the defensive things compared, and then wrap things up just a little bit. Uh, you got Hampus, Lindholm, Charlie McAvoy, very good first line. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, we know what he could do. Mark Grizzlick and Brandon Carlo, uh, I think, are two of the most annoying defensemen uh, in the Eastern Conference, uh, if not the NHL. Uh, those guys, um, you know, not going to really go out there and light it up, but are going to go out there and, like I said, disrupt uh, this Boston team. If it's one thing that you have to tip your cap to uh, is their, their ability to disrupt the flow of the game and disrupt your flow uh, and get in and be they're going to try and get you out of your groove and and that's where they're so dangerous because then they could flip the script on you very quickly uh and then that last line uh forward and clifton connor clifton i really like connor clifton a lot uh as much as i say that i also dislike seeing him on the other team uh so when they're playing tampa uh so you know that defensive that those defensive pairings from one to three very solid, in my opinion, for now, uh, for the Boston Bruins. And then you obviously look at Tampa, Hedman, Foot. Uh, like I stated on the previous episode, I don't think that these are set in stone. I would prefer to either see Bogosian or Chernak on the first line. Uh, we'll see how it change. We'll see how it might possibly change over the course of the season or as we are going into the regular season. Uh, 
but yeah, I, I, I think the defensive lines are solid. I think they match up pretty well. Like I said, I think, and, and we'll talk about this obviously as the Lightning go into their first matchup against Boston, at, and we'll talk about that uh, when that point in the season arrives. Um, I, I think the third line is really what's going to be the defining factor in this game, those third lines going at it. Whether we have Nemestikov on the third line winger's position or if we have Corey Perry or somebody else. Uh, so we'll have to see how that shapes up uh, at that point in time. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the this Boston team, uh, I don't think they're necessarily worse. I don't think they're necessarily better. I think that they're a team that, they're going to start out strong. We're going to see them in the in the top three, top uh, either in the third or fourth spot to start the season. Um, just because you know a team like this, they're going to go pedal to the metal. They're going to try and make up as some as many points as possible early on because we know, and, and like I said, uh, and this kind of goes hand in hand, is that yes, they are a veteran team. They have a lot of experience, but oftentimes with a very experienced veteran team. Uh, the downside to that is that a lot of those guys have been in the league for a while, uh, most notably Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. Also, we don't know what the Boston people are going to get out of David Krejci taking a year off, uh, many years in the NHL as well. So we don't know how his body is going to react over the course of the season. So having those two guys uh, possibly go down at certain points in the season potentially at the same time, uh, that is a situation, especially when they're two centermen, uh, that could cause issues for Boston uh, down the line and play into the Lightning's favor. So they're going to—I think they're going to start out, uh, like I said, third, fourth, maybe even the fifth spot in the division. You know, trying to accumulate as many points early on, and then start to fizzle out uh, when we get into March, uh, early part of March. Uh, mid-March so we'll, we'll see how they do maybe they'll shock the world I think they'll I think they're still a playoff team I just don't think that they are top of the line Eastern Conference uh powerhouses they used to be uh only re- remember they're only two two years uh three years actually removed from winning the president trophy so we'll see um so yeah I I think that the lightning should win Obviously, half of the games, two of the meetings, I think that they could win three out of four over the course of the season. But we'll have to wait and see. Things could drastically change in, in on a dime in the NHL season. So wrapping things up, um, we like I stated, uh, we are going to be looking at each team uh, in the Atlantic Division as we creep more and more towards the beginning of the NHL season. Um uh, and, and we are going to have some guests on here. We're going to have some of the hosts from those shows. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Like I previously stated in the beginning of the show, make sure to like and subscribe to the pod. Give us a follow wherever podcasts are distributed. And we're also on YouTube. So if you're already watching this, you know, subscribe, hit that notification button. So as soon as the newest episodes drop, you are, you are aware and able to watch it. Uh, and go ahead and follow us on our social media pages, LO underscore lightning on Twitter, as well as locked on underscore lightning on Instagram. I'm available on Twitter at Danky Dank, D E N K Y D A N K. If you want to tweet to me questions or about, you know, how the lightning are looking, certain matchup concerns, whatever the case may be, go ahead and tweet to me or drop it in the comment selection below, comment section below. Also, let us know below what do you think, how the lightning. Uh, 
are looking up against Boston thus far. Uh, was that right of my assess- assessment? Do you think that the Lightning have a chance to even potentially sweep Boston this year? Let us know below. But that's been it for this episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.